Hey there, welcome back to Affirmative Action. I'm Antoinette Grajeda. It's the start of a new year, a time that often feels full of promise and possibilities, a time to reset. Maybe you establish goals for yourself, like this will be the year that you start a new exercise routine, learn another language, finally read that book your friend has been raving about. Or maybe the start of this new year feels different. Perhaps you're struggling with motivation and inspiration Maybe you woke up this morning dreading going to work, or you feel exhausted just thinking about everyday chores like washing the dishes or grocery shopping. Maybe you find yourself feeling constantly fatigued and burned out. Well, you're not alone. The global pandemic is entering into its third year, and people have been living in this heightened state of stress for so long that it's impacting us all mentally and physically. To help us better understand the signs of burnout and how we can cope with the constant stress, today we're speaking with two therapists with their own private practices, Robert Inahosa of Avidus Therapy and Ivy Lay of Lay Counseling Services, LLC. Thank you both for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, and joining in this conversation about burnout, you know, we've heard a lot lately about, you know, people just kind of being tired of things, right? You know, typically I think we think of burnout like with a job, but it kind of feels like with the pandemic that it's everywhere. So it felt like a good time to stop and, and maybe talk about a little bit about what this is and, and what we're looking for. So does burnout have like a clinical definition? Is it more than someone just being like, I'm so tired of my job? I look it up. I look it up. Um, and it definitely, uh, there's a definition of it, like, you know, the lack of energy and um, like the not pro being productive. I, I think it was the WHO was saying like, it's just only job related, not anything else. However, I do agree with you that we do see the burnout like across in different settings, like different field, different job, kids, adult, everybody. So it's just, it's an interesting interaction and dynamics occurring. Yeah. And I mean, burnout can definitely be complicated by a multitude of factors, whether that's uh, you know, ongoing mental health issues that are that are worsened by the, your situation or, um, you know, whether that's your job or just stress in general. Um, burnout usually has its origins within stress uh, in, in some form. And, um, you know, and what we what I usually see is uh, people in, in chronic stress situations, whether that's stress from the job itself, like actual physical stress or, or uh, the things that they have to put up with. A lot of times, though, what, you, what we see is this sort of an, a, a story of efforts and futility. Uh, and, and I think that uh, burnout really kind of rears its head when you don't feel like you have a lot of power within your life and um, within the, your environment around you. And, and that can very easily come within a work environment where you know, you are working for a company or organization that um, you have to follow their orders and, and what, what, what's given to you, right? And after a while, depending on your personality, you know, some people don't, don't do well in those types of environments. And then you've reached, you have people who have reached um, kind of their goals within life or their goals professionally. And uh, they're kind of left in that state of, uh, okay, well, what, what do I do now? Um, and that's kind of the flip side of the just being tired, right? Um, maybe it is like that successful person who's achieved a lot and then 
all of a sudden they're left with, okay, I've been going so long and so hard and I, I, I don't know what this all means or what to do next, right? <laughs> And you mentioned the stress, you know, it's often, it goes hand in hand with chronic stress. So I'm just curious, is it fair to say that burnout is caused by stress? Like, is there a difference between the two? Does that make sense? A lot of times with mental health, I know symptoms and things kind of overlap, like just because you're tired doesn't necessarily mean you have depression, but they can be related. So with this is burnout a form of stress or is it just caused by stress? you're right there's a lot of overlap here right so that um, may not be a fair question and I apologize <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a ton of overlap so I mean what what we what we look at with burnout is is like underlying causes right sometimes that is depression you know and sometimes it is chronic stress and sometimes it is just in, underlying anxiety disorder and you know different things like that can very much complicate our daily life situation. And so um, when somebody comes to me and says, man, I, I, I'm exhausted all the time. I just don't feel like I have energy. I'm immediately thinking, okay, well, let's screen for depression and the, you know, all of these things that normally would have that clinical diagnosis. Where burnout, I, and I think this goes back to your first question, where, where burnout comes in is like, this is a, this is a result of something, um, not necessarily a a diagnosis in and of itself. Right. Right. No, that's fair. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. When we are thinking about burnout, are there any like specific signs or symptoms that folks should be looking for? You know, maybe this is when I need to go talk to someone because this is more than just, you know, not liking my boss or something like that. I think that's, um, I think it depends. Like uh, I want to, I think a lot in ex like example. So if we look at like the working environment, for example, and there's a, a problem that is like short staff because of COVID or that is uh, um, ineffective leadership or the lack of training or et cetera. Um, the problem is there, you might be approaching the proper channel to address the situation there was supposed to be a meeting, but then there's nothing really done about it. Then the employee have to kind of hold on to it and just wait for it. And so I think you see a gradual build of stress and burnout from like the lack of productivity. You will start to kind of start to feel like, I don't want to go to work. This is like, I want to avoid it. I want to physically feel sick in my stomach. And of course, I can give an example of, since we're in the pandemic um, with the social unrest, for example. With that, it's like, we, you know, Robert talking about like feeling stressed and feeling unsafe. We have the, uh, the, the Asian American that happened last year in the Black Lives Matter. And there's a lot of clientele coming out to, and talk to me and say, I, mean, I don't feel safe. I mean, I'm going to the supermarket and people looking at me, I'm very aware of who I am and I am so burnt out emotionally. My window of tolerance is so small that work and everything else seem to shrink dramatically. I think I think she hit the nail on the head there. Uh, that that is right along with what what we see. I mean, when when you think about burnout, you uh, some things that that kind of commonly pop up is uh having a shorter fuse being becoming more irritable mm -hmm. uh, at things. So like conventional symptoms, we'll see irritability, anger issues, fits of rage, different 
um, avoidance behaviors. And so if you're avoiding work, avoiding social situations, avoiding interacting with people you normally interact with, um, a lot of that can overlap with other things as well. Depression has the, you know, the avoidance or, you know, lack of interest and joy and, you know, you, things that you usually find interest and joy in. So um, you have that overlap, but those are the kind of the things to look out for. Um, if you find yourself feeling really short-tempered, easily triggered by things that normally you would have the capacity to deal with outside of that situation or outside of your current mood, that may be something to, to consider and, and look at. And I think there's something to consider too when we just start with this uh, pandemic and remember how we switched to like the teller everything oh, there's yeah. a lot of learning curve that people have to figure out how to do their job in a different way so the lack of motivation the tiredness the avoidance you see for burnout of early on sign of that he's not necessarily is a burnout right off the bat it just you know I feel like some adjustment like you, you know you get up to go to work Roll out of bed, make sure you get dressed, be separate from, you know, this is my office, this is my bedroom. You know, so I think it's, it's an interesting dynamic because, you know, label, and I know we're in mental health and there's a label and diagnosis that go with everything, <laughs> but it's just one of those things that just like, whew, it might be, it might be not, but you're right, Robert. I think it gets to the point where it's affecting your life just like any other diagnosis. That's when you need to see someone to process that. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, people being more stressed and, and this burnout, understandably with this ongoing global pandemic, but I'm curious from your perspective, are you seeing more clients who are bringing up issues of burnout and stress, or is that just sort of, is it more than you would see in a normal time? Or is it just that the focus of the stress and the burnout has shifted? because it's a global pandemic, because it's, you know, these new things with, like you said, um, having to do things virtually and that type of thing. So I'm just curious from anecdotally your experiences, if it's, you feel like you have more clients that have these issues of stress and burnout, or if it's just a matter of the causes are different because of the pandemic and the things that come with that. I, I think it's an, and both situation. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, sure. Really. Like, uh, certainly the conditions um, that this pandemic has brought on all of our lives, it can be a precipitating factor. And there's no, there's no doubt about that. And so we do see people who are stressed out because they're having to isolate. They're, they're not able to see family. They're not able to connect with their normal support system. There's people who, I mean, you look at um, even the religious communities who uh, they, they aren't able to, or don't feel safe to meet in person with their, their groups. And that's normally a weekly or even, you know, multiple day a week event for them. And all of a sudden you rip that support away in your life. You're, you're left with, um, somebody who may, may rely on that and does not have that support anymore and and it things can spiral from there and so certainly we do see that the other thing about it is is it's also created conditions where people are left to themselves a lot more and so um different different uh, situations come up where maybe you're at home a whole lot more you're not used to being at home maybe you're not used to seeing your spouse as much as you do <laughs> right currently and that yeah. brings up issues right um 
not used to seeing your kids or, or they're home from school and you're having to deal with remote learning on top of working a remote job, on top of maintaining a household, on top of worrying about everybody, you know, everybody's safety within the family. And so certainly it's, it's one of these things that can both cause um, some of this burnout, but also worsen the, the, the burnout that may already be present or the other conditions that may already be present. Yeah, there's not a straight answer on this one. <laughs> I think it's usually a, not. <laughs> it's a combination of just that, like, you know, the, the work environment, but you have that personal environment that's the in, environment itself, like the social component, like everything that's making life for what it is have an impact on how quickly you can have a burnout. Uh, and I, I think I'm just thinking what, through more like a trauma lens because is that that window of tolerance just where it shrinks, where there's so much stress, it's just so small that it's one small thing can just really break it. Mm-hmm. And I think I see that a lot. And I think that's the part of like, even during this time where there's a different population that usually don't like seek out for counseling or that is underrepresented. And we have quite a bit of that in pocket of Arkansas. They are coming out more. And I think I'm, I'm excited to see that, but at the same time, people were like, well, why didn't I, why couldn't I find you? I'm like, I'm always here. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that means. So I do see that across like just for, um, for pretty much everyone. I mean, even children going to school and they just like, oh, Miss Ivy, I can't concentrate. I, I'm, a, I'm falling asleep. I can, you know, learn how to do this. I hate this or they even hybrid. I think the school will struggle with that. Uh, you see like people are burned out everywhere. And I think along with that, I think compassion for each other is also go out the window um, as the, the pandemic kind of continue. It's sad, but it's kind of like what I'm observing. Mm-hmm. Is that what we call compassion fatigue? I mean, yeah, compassion yeah. fatigue is a whole, it's a, it's a, it's another name for burnout. You, you see that with, especially with the, the medical community right now, you have sure. people who are, who normally care for people for people as a job and then they have to care for you know loved ones at home maybe or they're um you know working those extended hours but not only that it's in a environment that is heightened stress because of because of the the pandemic and because of people's frustration with it and anger sometimes or behavior sometimes and that just complicates matters worse well speaking of being in that role of being a caretaker i have always thought of counselors and therapists such as yourself sort of in that role. You know, your, your job is to sit there and listen and you often remove yourselves and your personal life out of it. So I'm going to pause and flip the script for a second and ask, how are you doing in all of this? Given I the do- circumstances, I, I think I'm coping pretty well. <laughs> I, have, I have found the little joys of, of being able to work from home and work remotely. Um, and, and some of that is, it's just a, a shift in perspective. Like sometimes when you, you're running into issues in your life, sometimes you need a shift in perspective from looking at, you know, what was taken away to what was given to you. Um, and that's, that's something that I, I decided to do very early on in, in going to home um, and working remotely is, okay, this, yeah, I, I can't see people in person as much. I can't, you know, get that in, in-person connection and stuff like I, I normally would, but I have more opportunity to spend time with my wife. I have more opportunity to 
uh, take care of my health where I'm not eating out because I'm out at work, but I'm, I can make, I can make meals at home and like do healthy things like that. Um, I have, I don't have anybody looking over my shoulder. Like if I was working at a nine to five, um, I can go outside for a little bit and on a break and just enjoy my yard or, you know, things like that. So it depends on your perspective, but for me personally, I'm, I think I'm faring and okay. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. How about you, Ivy? Um, I, I think I approached some of, uh, with this, you know, preventing like burnout for myself, similar to Robert in the sense of find a simple joy of life, um, and, and just be mindful in that moment. But I think the other part throughout this pandemic is a social change. And I think that's, that give me a very, a big fire. <laughs> this is why I go back to school and this is part of my dissertation to be part of that, be a, a changer for the, the, you know, mental health or like how to, to do this better because there's so, we live in, in such an interesting time that is so open, but yet not really. I don't know exactly what I'm looking at, but it's just like, it's a double-edged sword on that one. So I think for me, focusing on, continue to hone in my skill, but I'm focusing on being like more involved with the community, uh, being like uh, with my the chapter um, for counselor in this area um, and be able to kind of like be just connected with more people around me that I didn't know exist before. And it was kind of cool because we kind of help each other out in kind of like a support group to prevent that burnout because we are also feeling that like, oh, I'm tired. I, I, I need a hug or I, I need like to see someone to be able to process my own stuff because we're not, we're still prone to that being human and all. I yeah. disagree being Absolutely. human. Absolutely. So that shift in perspective is one way to cope or, or deal with stress and burnout, what are some other tools that people can use to deal with the ways that they're feeling right now? Besides talk to a therapist? Besides talk to a therapist, <laughs> yes. Yes, talking to a therapist is always key. But we know sometimes it takes people a little oh, yeah. bit of time to get there. So while yeah, they're no. thinking about it. <laughs> I, I think just to, to be mindful of um, of your moods and, and, and triggers, I, I think, it's, you know, people just in general tend, humans in general just tend to go about their days. We're, we're beings of habit. And um, when those habits are disrupted, we're left with, you know, kind of struggling to, to find some sort of homeostasis in, in life. And um, so when you're triggered from that, uh, being mindful of how, uh, how your moods are affected and stuff, and um, start looking for ways to address those uh, and, and, and face those head on instead of avoiding in, in completely. As I've, I've talked to a few, like I, I have a set population of, of my clients that like kind of retreat into um, isolation and, and um, can retreat into uh, more like a, a technological uh, worlds. Uh, I mean, the, the metaverse is coming. Like that's, that's one sure. thing that's, that's, that's happening. And, and I see a lot of uh, use of VR and stuff in, in that. Um, and sometimes that can be a very helpful thing and a very good tool where you can connect with people, but at other times, um, you know, it can be very isolating. And so 
what I would say is find what works for you to feel connected and to take care of yourself physically. Um, those are the two things that probably would go the furthest uh, just right off the bat as regular habits and coping skills to address stress in general is connect with others and take care of your health. So that means getting out of the house, um, you know, getting some outside time uh, a few minutes a day, every day, at least getting some sunshine in, um, eating healthy, cooking at home, um, you know, and, and then making sure that you're having some form of connection with, with other people in, in a way that's healthy for you. You, you hit the, definitely um, some good point there, Robert, in the sense of, you know, healthy eating started like, you know, in the kitchen, like uh, cleanse that body because when you're able to have that, um, I don't know, a clean palate, it, it's easier to think and function. Exercise always like one of the things like, yeah, go get that done. The adrenaline, all those kind of good hormones are gonna be good for you. Um, support network is really important during this time to have like the gauging of like, do I need, what do I need? That, that what, what we talking about, uh, Robert. Um, and that awareness of like what we need could be something like, I'm gonna go on a walk or I'm gonna play fetch my dog. Or, you know, because those is very therapeutic in its way. Now I, I will caution about the connection part because during this time, we are very, very connected to the world around us. And sometimes being that connected to the world around us create burnout. So it's okay for the client to go, hey, make sure you have a structure where you can just shut yourself, you know, shut the phone off or whichever and disengage and be able to go, I'm gonna disconnect at this point because we have been more accessible than any other time. And it's exhausting mentally, emotionally, and everything else. Because that's part of the problem, right? You're adding to the problem, I guess, right? Because you don't have those boundaries, especially like with work, it's like, okay, well, I go to the office, I'm out at five, I go home. But when your home is your office now office. Mm -hmm. and your school for your child and you know, your regular house stuff, it's like, it's all here all the time. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be part of the problem. Um, You've mentioned a lot of good coping skills. Is it fair to say these are also really good tips for preventing burnout from getting there in the first place? I think so. Yeah. I mean, just kind of like go, and I think this is when the therapist is able to come in and some people can uh, have their pretty good self-awareness right off the bat of like, you know, what do you need for each day? And the coping skill don't have to be the same for every day. So if I feel like excessive energy where I'm just feeling like I'm really angry, maybe hitting the gym and doing some boxing might be really good. Or it could be something like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like I, I want to do some art because I need to be in that kind of space. It's okay too. But I think it's just like, it depends on the individual and what they need. There's not one shoes that fit all. Everybody's different, um, but a lot of pe people are feeling this way right now. And I want to make sure that I point out it's okay to be having these feelings. I think a lot of times when people start noticing that they're having, you know, sadness, stress, whatever that looks like, there's an additional problem of beating themselves up over it that I shouldn't be feeling this way or there's something wrong with me. And would you say as a therapist that it's okay to have these feelings of stress and burnout and, and all of the things that go along with it right now? Yeah, I definitely think that it's, it's okay to feel the way that you feel. I mean, I, I tell my, my patients all the time, feelings have jobs. 
the, our emotions have jobs. They tell us things. Um, some, sometimes those things are, uh, you know, signs that we need to test our, our thinking about something or look at a different way of doing things. But sometimes it tells us, hey, this is hard. This is hard to deal with. And this is how we're going to feel for a little bit. Um, where, where the, in, where those emotions uh, become a problem is, is when it starts to interfere with your overall functioning. Um, and I think at that point, that's, that's not necessarily anything to be ashamed of at all, uh, but it is a, something to talk with somebody about. Absolutely. I agree. Because I think that's a part we don't want to stigmatize of like, hey, you're feeling this, this is not normal. Um, mm -hmm. It is very indeed normal, just like any other like depression, anxiety or whichever. But it's kind of like it get to the point that you feel like you can't handle it, you're going to fall apart or things around you or you feel like drowning, whatever the analogy you want to use. Probably trying to reach out with someone to kind of for like to be able to process and, and help with that. And I know during this time, you're gonna be like, no, I don't wanna do that. That's one more thing I, I don't wanna do. I'm already burned out. I'd be like, what, what are you talking about? But I think that's a part of like, hey, it's okay. If you are adjusting to go, I can't do this right now. And I, I know I'm avoiding. I'm like, well, that's a pretty good insight. Mm -hmm. Can you able to get back to where you need to or do you need to talk to someone? And so I think that's the part that self-awareness we're talking about is super important uh, to know what is it that you need. Part of burnout, and, and I think we touched on this earlier, Robert, a little bit about when it is related to a job, part of the issue stems from a lack of control, right? That you, you can't really control your manager or the workload or things like that if you're not the manager or the person in charge. But you can control staying there or not. And I think that's what a lot of people have figured out during the pandemic. You know, you've heard the phrase, the great resignation with so many uh -huh. people quitting and getting a new job and things like that. So that's one step, right? Changing your environment, trying something different. But that can present a whole other bit of stress, having those life transitions. And I know that's something that you sort of deal with. Um, mm -hmm. What is some of the advice or uh, issues that you're clients bring to you, I guess, and then the advice that you give them in terms of, you know, having some of these major life decisions when it comes to work? So a lot of times somebody's going to be transitioning. They're going to have their reasons, right? And sure. their, reasonings, their, their reasons are their own. Um, I, I come at things from a perspective of, you know, you as, as the person living your life, you're the expert on your life. Um, so you're going to have your reasons. Um, the the questions and the problems that usually get presented are more of more along the lines of purpose and direction, especially in transition. Um, so you look at somebody who may have just quit their job they've been at for 15 years and are looking into you know a sea of opportunity and it can be very easily become decision fatigue and issues of, well, if I go this way, what am I giving up? And do I really know or really trust myself or really think that this is what I actually want to do? And those are deeper questions that um, sometimes can be answered by just kind of jumping in and going and seeing and experimenting. But sometimes it has more to do with finding like where your values lie. And I've, I've had several, you know, several clients who um, like, making these transitions have has brought to light that they're not really in tune with 
where their values are and like who they are themselves um, because they're left with the decision of like, okay, well, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And, and why did I quit my job in the first place? And there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of that that comes up. And so, um, you know, that's what I'm seeing. I think I definitely see uh, quite a bit of people switching job or in the process of looking for a job. And it's beside that emotional kind of like feeling like burning out, you know, but not be able to that decision fatigue you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't even know like what is it that they need to look for because everything seems to be so overwhelming. Um, I think our ability to tolerate stress uh, have reduced quite, uh, quite a bit. If you compare it to the beginning of the pandemic up to this point, our, our ability is shrinking <laughs> and it's not a good thing. And I think that's a part of coming back to that, being self-aware of what you can do for yourself in small, small things can really help make the bigger thing and be because I think people know I believe that everyone even though they are lost if they are that aware and be able to kind of connect with themselves then we'll figure it out we just have to provide the space the safety to process that and to contain it because the world is chaotic and sometimes it's hard to function that way when you get nowhere else to go when we eventually transition to the new normal, whatever this looks like when, you know, and in theory, fingers crossed, things won't be as stressful, but I make, I'm assuming there will still be, or is likely to still be a stress about that transition. Cause right. Transitions are kind of stressful as you figure things out. So in this instance, the new normal, what advice would you have for people when we get to that milestone? Don't give up on the good things that you found. Yeah. Over the course of the pandemic, because I, I think that some people have found good things, even in the midst of all the bad, right? Um, well, that's that's one thing. That's one thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, that's excellent. <laughs> Ivy, you have anything? Yes, I think it to um, to remind ourselves that the stress at time, uh, like a job or whichever we're going to, it's not a necessary a lifetime stress. It could be something very more in the moment of this time. And if we're able to go, well, let's be able to address this versus I'm gonna be in here forever, it will change the way we feel and we think and how we approach, I would say. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's part of the problem right now is it feels like it's forever, right? You can't, mm-hmm. you don't really see the end because like nobody knows, you know, mm-hmm. when, when we started, we're like, oh, let's go into lockdown for four weeks. So it'll be fine. We are two years in, <laughs> you know? And so I think that's part of it. So like, how do you provide people with hope or what's something, how do they shift their mindset so they can provide themselves with that hope to keep going, you know, because I think it is so easy because it has jargon and because there is so much uncertainty for people to sort of get trapped in this cycle of stress and negativity? That's a that's tough a good, one. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Thank you, Anne. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I, I like challenging questions. I think <laughs> at this point, because of how I, I feel like enmeshment of like the stress that society all of us kind of felt, um, in order to self-preserve, I think we have to kind of focus on ourselves at one unit at a time. Um, people, and we're talking about like 
you know, aware of what we need, what do we need to do. Some people, like, once they start to gain that regulation, they know they need a community within that. That could be church, could be friends, could be whoever that is in within that, that circle for you. And you're able to kind of like make, kind of like go with the flow and a bit more control of what you want it to be. Because I think right now we are exhausted being flexible. We are exhausted being patient. And I think with that, we need to be giving ourselves permission to pull back and say, it's okay to take care of you right now because this is where that one step, that's one small step, will be able to lead to a bigger step. But we got to do this because right now you can't touch the other stuff. It's done. I don't know if I have an answer. That's okay. Uh, to, you don't in, have in to have an honesty. answer. It's, it's funny. Something, something Ivy said brought something to mind, though. It's like um, just this concept that, that life is change, but it's not this much change all at once, right? Normally. <laughs> so, yeah. So like when we, when we start going back to that new normal, I think that um, the, the hope comes from them being, there, there being stability in that. Because right now, I mean, with, with the messages that the different government organizations have and everything that's coming down with regulations and stuff, it's always changing. It's constantly changing. Um, when we get to a point of stability, that's going to be a lot more conducive to we as just as humans, our natural capacity to seek and exist within homeostasis, meaning like there's not a lot of a lot of change going on that we seek more of the same and more of you know stability to function in and once that's there i think people's stress levels and burnout levels and, and everything will go down uh, but it's going to take a while it's going to take a while oh for sure and, and i appreciate you tackling that question and for being so thoughtful and in everything we've discussed so far, you've covered a lot of ground in this conversation. And as we start to wrap it up, are there any final thoughts that you want to share with our audience? Be gentle to, you know, to yourself, give yourself permission to feel not okay and do what is best for you. And it might not be, um, you know, okie dokie with maybe your family or society, but right now it is important because I think what Robert talking about of until we can get to that stability. And I work in trauma where sometimes stability is not there. So what is it that we need to do in order to gain stability within that one unit to function? Because if we're waiting for that big picture, it might never happen. So I think you come back to just that self-care. And if you feel like you need to talk to someone, talk, we will listen, we will not give advice <laughs> and, and we'll <laughs> provide the best care we, we can. I agree. Well, if people want to talk to you and have you listen, what is the best way for someone to enter into that relationship for someone who's never um, done that before? What's the best path or guidance you can provide them in terms of seeking out a counselor to talk to? Sure. Um, I mean, one of the easiest paths for people if, is if they, if they work at a full-time job that has an EAP provider, it's probably a, a good first entry into um, you know, connecting with a professional. An EAP, just for folks that don't know. Employee is Assistance in Program. Mm -hmm. And um, outside of that though, um, if you if you have insurance, you can call your insurance company and say, hey, I'm looking for an in-network provider, uh, uh, in-network counselor or therapist, mental health therapist, 
uh, to work with? Can you point me in the right direction in my area? They can give you a list of providers in your area. And, and if you don't want to use insurance or you don't have insurance, um, there's plenty of resources out there. There's uh, like goodtherapy.com, choosing therapy, psychology today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, opening up a good old phone book or doing a Google search is also helpful as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some like to add to that, like this, uh, I know some people go to, uh, why is it me and names doesn't go together, but um, the Asian, they particular one, like Asian uh, therapist directory. I, I know I have that down somewhere. Be able to find it to like, you can go to different state and find Asian therapists if you need, in need of one. Um, but there's a lot of resources out there. The best way to do it, Google. You can also do that online where like your insurance, like uh, website, be able to look for certain like profession and it will pop up whether they're in network or not. Um, or to talk to one of us and we can actually reach out to the forum that we are part of and be able to find, uh, connect you with the, the, the mental health therapist that you need. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll make sure that we include your contact information on our website if folks want to get in touch with you and we can provide some of the links to some of the resources that you shared with us as well. Ivy and Robert, it was so nice to meet you and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you again to Robert Inahosa and Ivy Lay for being our guests today. We'll share links to their businesses as well as some of the resources they mentioned on our website, argotsoul.com slash affirmative action. You can also listen to past episodes of our show there, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. I'm Antoinette Grajeda. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care.